Hello everyone and thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Malika and I'm the host of this podcast called Travelbug. Make sure to check out my Instagram account travelbug.trvlpodcast where you can see all the songs and photos that we are mentioning today in this episode. And now enjoy. I've uh, I've got a friend of mine here today. His name is Ty. Thank you for being here. No worries. And uh, we are going to talk a bit about uh, different aspects about moving to different countries, studying in different countries, what the differences were in your experience, maybe a bit about my experience as well, because I've been moving around a bit myself. Um, so she has. <laughs> yep. Uh, funny story, we actually met while traveling. Well, you didn't travel. You moved to Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a bit about your general travels first. So you've been moving countries a lot, haven't uh -huh. you? So give the, the listeners a bit of an idea of what you've been doing the past few years in terms of traveling. No, yeah. So I, I was I grew up in Tokyo until I was 18. I'm even like during that time I traveled a lot with my family because they like to travel uh, mostly around Asia, like Singapore, Hong Kong, Korea, China, like Hawaii, because Japanese people love Hawaii. And then I moved to uh, Oklahoma in the States for my bachelor's. And I didn't really do the typical, like, oh, New York, whatever. But, um, you know, I visited, like, Arkansas and Kansas and Missouri and San Francisco and uh, Chicago and all that. Um, and then I, and I now moved to Berlin. Um, and during college, I was in Dublin. And I traveled around, like, London, Iceland, stuff like that. And most recently, I was in Poland. Um, which is different from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like recently, I've been chilling about traveling because I kind of, kind of where I want to be right now. Um, but I'm sure I'll be traveling soon enough. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Yeah. Berlin definitely gives you a lot of input. Um, definitely. So it's a place you can explore for a long time. So you don't I know. necessarily have to leave all the time. People say to me. Which, yeah, I <laughs> like know? got here and I finally <laughs> thought I was like learning German, you know. And then, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then I start hanging out with these French people and Italian and Spanish people. Like, and the other day I went to... English. A basketball training I just blindly and it was all Dominican people <laughs> so I feel like I'm in a different country which I am <laughs> all the time <laughs> every day Berlin is yeah. a different country um okay so are you still nervous when you're moving to a different country I'm nervous doing this podcast <laughs> no am I nervous when I move yeah well it depends because when I I like move moved like twice or three times I guess and like different it's been different financially each time it's been different like because when I moved to the states it was like everything was paid for <laughs> I'm going to so sorry <laughs> I'm going to college you know so it was like no risk I was still terrified because I was 18, but like moving here was, I was so nervous because like, it's, it's like my livelihood was at stake. <laughs> I mean, like what I realized for myself is that as long as I still have kind of a safety net, meaning that I know I'm going to go to university. So I have people there. I have people I can talk to. I know mm. that I have kind of a structure. <clears throat> of my life there and you kind of know which steps to take you need to get yourself a bank account you need to 
apply for your courses, whatever, you know, like you have steps to go through. I think that feels relatively safe for me. Whereas mm. now I'm soon going to Thailand and I know I'm not moving, but I'm actually oh. quite like, <laughs> I'm actually quite nervous about that travel, to be honest, because Why? I feel like this is the first time where I don't really know anyone in the country where I don't really know what's really going to happen. I don't have a proper structure. I mean, mm. I'm super excited and it's going to be a really good experience, but it's very different to what I've done before. So that's a bit nerve wracking for now. And I don't know that feeling about myself really, because normally I'm quite, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not super chill and like, oh, everything's going to be fine. No, actually that does sound like me, but I, well, I'm, both. <laughs> yeah, I'm both exactly. I like, I go from one to the other. Yeah. Um, You're nervously being reckless. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that describes me quite well it's very true yeah but um so how how was it you said berlin the move to berlin that put your livelihood at stake as you said yeah. so nicely yeah. so why was this different to like moving to to america for example this was the first time in my life like anything was my decision i guess like my parents didn't want me to do it like money was tight and i didn't know anyone like i didn't speak the language well enough you knew me yeah i knew you but like, i wasn't here uh, yeah she's never here <laughs> i don't know she's never here <laughs> um so it was like very much like everything was up to me and you know i was studying but it wasn't like oh my god like studying in germany i was like how am i gonna pay my rent mostly so like mm. it was a reality check because like most of my friends even I think I would have had a hard time you know you always have a hard time moving into a different phase in your life like mm. graduating college or like you know maybe your focus change or maybe like you start working in your home country that's always a big change but I kind of went through that all at once in a different country mm -hmm. like on my own so it was like just added pressure and I guess I was nervous mostly moving because I wasn't sure if I was going to survive And like mm. for me, even right now, well, not right now, but before I didn't have like a great relationship with my parents. So like moving back home was like the worst thing mm -hmm. for me. So like you you weren't allowed to fail. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, well, I need to do everything to stay here. Yeah. So it was more like anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it did work out quite well. Didn't it, it did. I got really lucky. Okay, so. When you talked about Berlin, you said, obviously, there was a lot of things at stake. So why did you choose Berlin exactly? Why did it have to be Berlin? You didn't speak the language that well yet. Mm. So why? why not, not yet. Not even. <laughs> you speak quite well now, too. Yeah. I, uh, yes, I can. I can go to bars and talk. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> well, like I did. It was hard for me to stay in America because of where I was. It was like very the midwest and it was very white and just in general it's hard to get a working visa or whatever in the states as a foreigner mm -hmm. and with trump like it just makes it harder mm. um and i also didn't i felt kind of like trapped i was like okay i kind of i want to leave this place now um and i really didn't want to be at home <laughs> because i mean it's a long story um but so it was like I was, uh, I was, I projected everything onto Berlin because I it was like my dream to move here. And I was like, you know, all the creative open-minded people are there and I can be myself there and I can find my, you know, I can get all these voices out of my head, which are voices of my family and my mm. friends. Like I need to be isolated to some extent. 
Um, and I, I really love the German language and I should read more German literature and philosophy, but I'm still getting there. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I studied abroad in Germany, like three times during my like bachelor's. I was obviously interested. I had a German girlfriend at the time. So, um, felt like I had to see her. (laughs) (laughs) country to see you more often yeah i forgot what the question was why berlin yeah yeah i think like number one reason why i don't want to be home because is is like the mindset of the people and the country itself i don't agree with Mm -hmm. and berlin is like the exact opposite Mm -hmm. for me which i'm still getting used to some things you know i'm used to more at home Mm -hmm. but the sort of open-minded like you know do whatever Mm -hmm. be creative um yeah and i've been it's it's one thing to know to be open-minded and know that there's a world out there where it's not about money and work and all that and it's another thing to actually live in that place mm-hmm. and that's what berlin gives me this because um, all my life i've been taught to you know I've, i grew up in like elite circles it's always like you work in finance and then like make all this money and pay back your family and like have kids and have affairs, whatever. And it was like, go to a good school, come back and contribute. And then like, I, I always felt like I wasn't good enough because mm-hmm. I was different. I was weird. I was like artsy, which was weird. Also, especially mm-hmm. in all guys school. So like here, I'm very, I feel normal here because people are weird here, <laughs> but I think it's where I belong. Normal between the weirdos. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You brought a photo uh, along with you from Berlin that you took in Berlin. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, yeah. So it was like the uh, in June uh, from the 7th to the 10th. I know that because I was going through my photos on my phone uh, called the Carnival de Couturin, which is like the... Um, uh, I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm explaining it in general. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for making that clear. <laughs> I hate explaining things to people who know what it's about, you know? People people are like, so Japan, and they like talk to me about Japan and Japanese food, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like a festival during the weekend. It's like near Halishas Toa, which is near where I live, and they have like a bunch of food and shit like that, and then like they have a parade that goes through on Sunday, I think. So we, like, my girlfriend, my ex was over, and then we partied at my friend Blake's place. We had a couch outside and stuff, but... And the first day, I, like, it was just full of people and different cultures, and it was, like, the photos about with the sunset on the grass, which is usually just, like, that, like, a kind of s- sketchy-looking park at night next to, like, a big library. But it was, like, you know, just full of weed smoke in the air, shit like that. And, like, that moment when I, like, stood there, and I was, like, with my friends mm-hmm. and my girlfriend, and everyone was having fun, like... Um, there are moments when, especially during the past first year of being here, where I'm like, wow, I'm really here, you know, but that's when I really felt like that was, felt like a deja vu, because I had a lot of imagery in my head about, this is what Berlin's like, and like, mm. this is what I'm going to see, what I'm going to get there, and I used that as sort of fire during the horrible four years of summer I had to work in Tokyo, which, you know, it doesn't sound that bad, it's bad for me, Um and I was like, wow, like, the, I'm living my dream. And I, like, took that picture and, like, that represents what Berlin meant for mm-hmm. me before I got here. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, huge for me because, like, 
I don't know. It's just like I can't even like. It's just what I, exactly what I pictured, and I feel like it's one of those moments in life where it doesn't happen that often. That's really cool. Yeah. Very poetic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. describes you, describes you quite well in general. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for people that don't know, but probably almost everyone on this podcast is apart from your friends and my friends that might know you as well. That's is offensive. that people should know me? Yeah. <laughs> everyone should know me. <laughs> Ty. Everyone should. Yeah. Um. Ty is an aspiring writer. Yes. Always aspiring. <laughs> Sometimes writing. <laughs> <laughs> always writing. That's true. <laughs> always. Yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering if you brought a poem along that connects you to Berlin or that, that you've written here. Connects Maybe, me to Berlin? Or like something that um, you feel like sharing that you might connect to Berlin. Cool. Okay, so you're ready to share something? So during the commercial break... <laughs> I was talking about how I wanted to find a happy poem because Berlin is mostly a happy place for me, but most of my poems are not happy. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I'm part of this uh, writer's group called the Berlin Writer's Group, and we meet Very every exciting. Sunday, and I haven't been for the past three weeks, but <laughs> I'm still part of the community. <laughs> and uh, it's great because I used to hate prompts and stuff like that. I thought it was like kitschy, like, oh, what if the world, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, whatever. But it's a good good community. Sometimes they're free panna cotta, so that's nice. Um, Is that the only reason why you're going? Or? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I think one of the one of the prompts was not a prompt, which is my favorite prompt, of like just write about something you're struggling with. Um, which for me is um, most daily things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, which, I don't know. I don't even know who's listening to this. Anyways, <laughs> it's called the Sunday Prattle. I'm not in like a poetry reading mood. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you can do it. Um, the idea is when. I think it's you that I want. I think it's everyone else. The light shines far away. The dark is immediate, warm, like, like someone else. I forcefully made amends with a culture that half shrugged, half hugged me, and threw a lot of money on a little child's head, making me smell like cigarettes and upper class and bleakly interesting. They call me a cocktail, but a Moscow mule seems too classy. The thoughts in the dim room, no couch. The concrete walls, the thin concrete walls. I can see out my window but rarely feel the wind. The people near and far, I wonder about the scarcity and remind myself of the repercussions of my actions. Stark discernment, the ebbs and flows come with eddying emotions that resurface every time you're in a city where you can see the clear moon. The cemetery is far away and all surrounding. It's about the color scheme and the shade quotient. Walking home from the cocktail party. Recently, this life's been a drag. The cigarettes I never smoked. The closed doors to those societies I can never be a part of. I think I'm absolutely right, yet I have no court to give me a true voice. The ever-elusive closure. My body holds up these past memories and I have lost the hold of what I can lean on. 
the referential point seems to move with the season's mission. A sense of calmness in the stop-motion ideal of hyper-competition. Three cities that never feel like home. Food, people I latched onto, you never felt the same. My evolution is a circle. This retroactive journal does not revise history, it tells. It tells me what to tell. These poems I direct to a singular person. An identity, two years ago, a few months ago, right now. An, an abstracted dream that fills my mind with so much golden brown. Fallen leaves that never get crunched. You settle in those emotions I carefully opened and stowed away. Maybe I rest my unrest on the idea of you. It's all a blur and the words come from somewhere I don't understand. It seems to coalesce in waves of record mediocrity. They all flow to one, no art, just words. We find ourselves true to our pleasure principle, all in our oral phase. We wish luck to the enemy and fend off our lovers with styrofoam swords. We drink oat milk in our coffee for our conscience. The night is always where my soul rests. The sunlight seems all-knowing, immovable, this light. Floods me with a minifying sensation. We've congregated to indulge our sticky edges that no one will take and splatter our leftovers in a supposed blank page, yet our audience is riddled with complexity. Never seems to cut and dissect the art. Just a gateway into more tennis balls in the trunk to distract ourselves from this crash collision course in a rickety thunderbird. The stop sign is half torn and you see double images of encouragement. The nourishment to the soul is self-righteousness. We cling on to destiny and fall off cliffs expecting it to be a blockbuster movie about our stupid lives wrapped in tinfoil, shoved into some shitty microwave. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. No. I really like the part with the uh, cocktails and the Moscow Mule. Oh, cool. I like cocktails too. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that you all couldn't see, which was quite interesting, was that Ty kept watching the phone. That he kept looking up as if that's actually where the audience was. That was like oh. your, your reading, you know, your reading mode. That's like what, what everyone does when they start reading off something and then they watch into the audience. But obviously, apart from me, there is no audience <laughs> here. So you kept looking at the phone, which I thought was quite funny. But yeah, yeah thank you for sharing. It was, that was really nice. So it was about like loneliness and like I was lacking genuine connection. I wanted someone to have a genuine connection with, spend a lot of time and there's a lot of things that I was disappointed by, um, which I've gotten over now. But that was pretty recent. But it, it really felt good to just put it into words. And um, it wasn't really a poem when I started. It was like more like a meditation piece. Mm -hmm. But then it turned out to be a pretty good piece, in my opinion. Um, and oh, the thing about the... I keep looking at the phone. Because if, if I look at you, I'm just going to go off topic and keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Keep so another thing that I would like to talk about is the worst and best experiences that you had in the first few weeks, maybe the first month of you moving a country. 
Do you have anything that like comes to mind? Um, I think the worst thing. Well, I thought it was the best thing at first when I moved here. I found like an apartment for two hundred seventy euros, and I moved in like I booked the hostel for two weeks, just cash. It's it's definitely a front for human trafficking. Because they accept cash, everyone's fucking sketchy. <laughs> um, and they were like, I was like, I'm not staying. Can I get a refund? They're like, No. I'm like, Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> no arguing. That. And I left. 270 euros is like dirt. It's like it's like 1980s Berlin cheap. So like, um, well, 1980s would be the wall. Anyways. Um, <laughs> And then it's like he cooked me dinner, blah blah blah. He had a dog. It was like he was my landlord slash uh, roommate. I was super uh, um, grateful, but he turned out to be fucking crazy, and like he was illegally housing me in like a uh, like social housing, and he blamed me for breaking the bathtub, which I proved it was broken already. And he's like, "No, you're gonna break the bathtub. You have to leave or like pay for the washing machine, which is gonna be broken." And uh, yeah, I learned a lot from that experience, but I haven't really felt as threatened in my life before. Um, but it was, it was I don't know. Kicked out of the flat. It's not even a funny story. Like it's not even like most bad experience. You'd be like, ah, oh, that happened. And I'm just like, well, that that really happened. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I saw you post on Instagram, but like your post was about months or two months late but yeah, like yeah. what it said was basically got kicked out of my apartment i was like dude do you need like help yeah. <laughs> are you okay but luckily by that time you've you had found something which actually leads me quite to the next point you now have a really cool job tied yeah, yeah. to your flat right i do so... um yeah this is the point where i elaborate on the job um <laughs> try to keep it under five minutes <laughs> yeah uh i like breaking the fourth wall it's funny <laughs> yeah so i live i live in a study abroad institution like an american one in the middle of berlin so like it's like a small american campus in the middle of berlin um and i found that job because i won like went through that organization once when i was in berlin for a month or so before And there was a job posting in my institute, and then there was a better job, which needed like C1 German, which is like proficient German, and a letter of motivation, which I both did not have and did not want to do. So <laughs> I went over there and kind of charmed my way into this job. And it's really cool because I get a room, a single room with a bathroom and like a shower in like the middle of the city next to a lot of bars and restaurants I spend money on. <laughs> All uh, the money that you don't pay for rent. Um, yeah. Exactly, and I get paid like what, like seven hundred some after That's tax, really which is you know enough to make me feel like enough to be broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful because I don't know that really pays for my mm -hmm. livelihood, and I don't have to worry about rent i can go i'm just really grateful for yeah. that job yeah that's pretty good that's that's probably a good experience then after the the, the bad one yeah. i actually remember when i moved to alicante for studying i didn't leave my apartment for almost a week like apart from going shopping because i was so scared yeah. to speak spanish that was before she knew me so <laughs> that was when her life was still pre-thai <laughs> so that's why it was bad <laughs> Wow. Um, no, I was just so scared of speaking Spanish that I just I get you. I just couldn't leave the flat. I was just 
just in my room watching, binging on Netflix series. In Spanish, though, I tried at least something. <laughs> but um, that was a really weird experience because I've never... I've never experienced myself being that timid and that scared of doing something before. So yeah. that was a really weird experience. But I don't think like I had a I don't think I've ever had like a super bad experience. Um what about your good experience? My good experience, the one that comes to mind is when I moved to Dublin. Uh other than meeting you of course. <laughs> um and meeting um long story. Um, I met, so I was at the University College Dublin, which is, um, not the, the one that's not Trinity College, <laughs> um, which is super cool. I got to live in a, a flat with my like writer friends from Oklahoma and it was a big writer's apartment with like whiskey and stuff, but <laughs> all the whiskey in the world. And then I went to this poetry event and I, I somehow joined the literary society, although I was only there for four months. And then I met this really cool girl, um, and she kind of, um, it's really, it's really hard to infiltrate like an Irish community because they all know each other since they're like 12 and mm. they all go home on the weekend. Alcohol super expensive. They're very kind of clicky in my experience. Um, but she really helped my experience. And I mean, like it was like a romance thing and, um, I mean like, you know, shit happens in a romance, but that was like, it was just super nice to have her as my core, um, I don't know, just meeting someone that I still talk to to this day mm. is kind of what I look for in any kind of experience. So that was really beautiful. She showed me the city. Like, it was really cool. That sounds good. Kind of like a gateway into the community a bit and like learning about the city in a different way, I suppose, as well. Yeah, I mean, that's not been... why I was with her. But... No, 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 of course yeah. not. But like that was that that's a bonus, obviously. Yeah. It's nice. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was quite similar when I was in Spain as well. People were, they were super friendly, definitely, but they yeah. knew each other for so long. I was in a, so I was studying biology there um, and my classes in the first semester were in English. And yeah. so everyone was, everyone in the class had like, they were paying more for studying in English at the Spanish university. So they had all their classes together and it was a very small class. I think we were 15 people or so. So these people knew each other for the past three years. And obviously because they had all the courses together, they were a super tight clique as well. So it was really hard to actually get in yeah. into that group. Um, so that was a bit hard as well, even though they were all like super friendly, but actually getting to know them, especially when, you don't speak the language that well yet and obviously they all did speak a different type well different level of english so it was definitely possible to communicate but it's hard it's really hard that's one thing that i realized as well as, as soon as there mm. is a somewhat of a language barrier it's starting to get really hard to really get to know people um, and that can definitely dull an experience as well yeah but yeah so when you were So we, you studied in three different countries, right? So you studied yeah. in America, then you went to Dublin, and now you're in Berlin. Yeah, well, I mean, I did school in Japan, mm. but like, yeah. So what do you think are the, like, how different are the uni experiences in the different continents slash countries that you've been to? Well, America's special because American college experiences, I think, like, just, like, you don't find it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Like, your life is campus, your friends are there, every, there's always something to do, there are, like, you know, fraternities, sororities, there are a lot of 
classes and it's just like you can't help but meet people and party like it's very like I had so much fun and you know it's a lot of money but I feel like people should experience that and it was amazing experience and in Dublin it was I mean it was kind of like that but it was more European I guess it was you know the tests were like 80% like you don't have to show up to any class you know in America it's very like weekly um weekly tests like weekly assignments and stuff like that um which are on like worth like 30 percent the midterms like 30 percent the finals 20 and then the papers 20 so it's like very balanced out Mm -hmm. but here it's like well you gotta like ace your final because it's like 80 percent of your grade and people are like crammed in the library on Mm -hmm. in like june for like two weeks and like well in like dublin too um but i think the hardest part about dublin was that all the irish kids just go home for the so the party days were like tuesday and thursday and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) um so i definitely didn't feel like i was like an irish student Mm -hmm. you know for real for here it's i mean berlin's different and i'm at a very like international institute so i wouldn't say it's a very traditional german studying experience but i mean the germans are very particular about how academics are done like it's very sometimes it's like oh you need to do this format blah 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 but you can hand in a paper whenever or like you don't have to show up to class but you have to take these in a particular order so like to me it's like it's weird with some parts it's lenient some parts it's like you have to do it this Mm -hmm. way um which has been most of my experience in germany but like um it's super chill it's super i can just like I can just get credit for a class and I really haven't like done much compared to before that mm. I've studied and we go to class and really discuss and engage the text. And here it's more independent and, you know, going to uni is, is only like a part of your life. It's not your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting used to it because, mm-hmm. you know, in America, I'm like the lesser classes you can take, the better because you can hang out with friends and whatever. And I did that like this past year and I was like, I just felt disconnected from everything because I only had two classes. I wasn't at university. Like, so, you know, I will see how this semester goes, but, um, definitely, I mean, did I highlight the difference as well enough? You think? Yeah. Or? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I think actually I, yeah, I've never studied in Germany, so that's quite interesting to hear. Um, I definitely understand what you say with Dublin as well as Germany from listening to my friends talk about the university that it's quite like you don't really have to turn up to classes you don't really have to be there and you have your final exams I think it's a bit different in Scotland when I studied in Aberdeen we did have assignments during the term as well it wasn't just all the final exam even though the final exam was still quite a lot of the percentage I think 50 to 60 percent sometimes 40 to 50 percent something like that so it was definitely nervous it was definitely a big part of it. It is nerve-wracking. It really is. Yeah. So that's why everyone was in the library as well and crammed, definitely. But um, we do have assignments during as well. And we do have to turn up to classes. Uh, they actually hand out sign like signing sheets and stuff. And I like you get penalties if you don't. And, yeah, if you don't turn up. So that is very different. Um, you brought a few songs with you. I did well. bring a few songs. I always bring a few songs. Yeah, you do. Would you like to talk about one of them? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are two songs by Kanye West because that's my favorite artist. Um, and I can't avoid that. But, um, yeah, uh, there's a song called Ultralight Beam. 
which is the intro to his album The Life of Pablo, which came out in 2016, which was right after he got out of, I think after that he got uh, sent to a like a mental asylum because he was really bipolar and out of it. Um, but it's like a very religious sort of slow song, like a gospel uh, featuring Chance the Rapper and stuff like that. Um, and first of all, it's my favorite album out of Kanye's discography. And it was really came at a crucial time in college where I felt really trapped. And I have, um, I really believe in it. Like whenever I, I really am fit up with a place, sky really that everything looks gray like all this everything just like i see everything as gray and like i remember that when i was 18 looking out my room in tokyo i was like i need to get out of here like i remember that in america i was like i don't like this place and that's right i was like kind of slightly depressed and then i was like i need to leave to europe and i just like fucked off to europe for eight months um which you know had its challenges too but that song really whenever i would be like you know upset about a girl or some friendship problems or I'm just depressed or you know you know whatever it is I just get in my car and I like listen to that song um like at night and it really like helped me it's about you know like not feeling good enough and praying and like peace and love and what's it's a very healing song in terms of you can feel through the music um that it's like for the wounded people that you know, you need healing. And um, it really helped me sort of, it was sort of my way to meditate. Like that mm -hmm. song really, it's still my favorite song of all time because I, you know, whenever I need to like just um, decompose, I listen to it. Nice. That yeah. sounds really good. I haven't, I haven't had the time yet to listen to it, so I'll definitely give it a listen later on. Yeah, I played for you once in London, but then I probably know it already. Yeah. Yeah. You've played a lot of songs to me in London, so I'm not quite sure I'll remember it just now. But Yeah, I appreciate we uh, we have very different tastes in a lot of things, but we still like like spending time and we get along, which is nice. <laughs> it's a good thing, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you said there was another one by Kanye West that you brought along as well. Yeah, it's called Fire. Uh, it's by Kitsy Ghost, which is his sort of uh, group with uh, Kit Cudi. Mm-hmm. And, um, which I think came out in 2018 and the song is called fire, which is a second song off of the album. It's like a seven song album, um, because seven is an important number in the Bible and mm -hmm. Kanye is religious. Um, and kids see ghosts is a metaphor for like kids seeing ghosts. It's about, uh, it's about, um, like mental illness mm -hmm. and the whole album's vlog takes on like Kid Cudi famously has depression and Kanye is bipolar and. There's a lot of that, but um, the fire starts out with like Kid Cudi humming. It's like, mm, and it's like a like a very steady beat, and it's like um, it's sort of like a redemption song. I see it as like a marching. Whenever I like listen to it, I like thump my chest, like in Wolf of Wall Street. Like I just, it's just like keep going. Mm -hmm. It's just like you're tough, but keep going. And I remember <laughs> specific. It's just I love my parents, but they're very hard. They they're both like business owners. They're very I'm an only child, they're Asian. It's very intense in my household, um, the way I perceive it. And there's a lot of, it's out of love, but there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of everything every day. And I remember folding laundry because that was part of my chores I had to do for a living at home, even after graduating college, because that was blasphemous to my parents. Um, 
I'm like listening to that song. I'm like about to explode to my parents because I'm just like fed up with everything. But you know, this song really was like the song of the summer for last like the last summer, last year summer. Like I was when I was saving up money to come here, um, really helped me to keep pushing and sort of get through it. I was like, I just need to like get through this, and I was really in a bad place mentally, and、mm. you know, I was going a long distance relationship and all that, and it really helped me get through.、Um, yeah, so that song is really important to me. So that one connects you to Japan, and the first one you talked about kind of connects you mostly to the USA. You said right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time that that's really nice. Yeah, I don't like. I don't really listen a lot to Kanye West, as you probably know. But it's always nice to get a get inspired and get some inspiration. And、uh, I still listen to your your playlist as well that you created, though.、Uh, oh yeah, lyrical poetry. I really <laughs>、yeah. like that one. That's really nice as well. There's a song in there's a few songs in there I put in for fun because I knew she wouldn't like it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Dog, you put it in there." Here <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> nice. So, when you think about people wanting to go study abroad, could you think of three tips that you would give them? Um. So, so I work at a study abroad institution, and I'm like kind of like the very bottom, like a part-time worker.、Mm-hmm. So I don't really make decisions. I kind of get paid to hang out, which is kind of I think like the perfect job. But definitely, like day to day, I think oh, you know, they should do, do like this more, and I have ideas. And I think one thing is, you really need to, <laughs> you really need to be uncomfortable because I see all these American students that. Live in the you know like we perpetuate it as well because there's a small they they all live together they all take same classes together they never venture out you know you can just stay in the building but like there's no there's no reason why you should just live an American college life abroad you should always try to meet people and like you know like I didn't know any German when I first came to Germany but I got like you know I met a German girl just throwing German words around got drunk made German friends like I think I did it the right way like living with German people and like really. You know, I did like fata tag. Like I didn't know what I didn't know what it was, but I was just singing random songs I didn't know and like drinking beer. And I think you really need to like college. And right now is the time to fail. And like I think you really need to keep failing when you're studying abroad, and that really helps you shape your character.、Mm-hmm. And studying abroad really changed my life and who I am. So I think, I mean, studying abroad was was rough for me, but I wouldn't have had it any other way because、um, it's really about learning. You know, learning about yourself wherever you go. It's not about oh, I learned a lot about Berlin, which you do, but you learn more about yourself.、Mm. Um, I guess the second tip is,、um, I guess hang out with people you haven't hung out with before. Like we tend to, which it's a good thing. It's like you know, I tend to hang out with artists and people who are not service level and don't really drink as much, and people who make me better. And I've been really picky with my friends, which I'm. Kind of reeling back on recently, but I think it's you're in a different country. Like you need to really go for. Maybe you don't hang out with like people who play like board games, or maybe you don't dance. But like you're in Spain, like go dance. You're in, you're in, you know, wherever. Like go to like a ballroom and dance. Like you should try different things, because、mm. I don't know. Like when are you gonna do them again? I mean, in our case, we do it all the time because we're never anywhere. But、um, <laughs> I think my third tip would be. To I don't know, to fall in love with something. I know it's hard, but like, 
I think I was very vulnerable when I studied abroad and that's why I had a lot of intense experiences. I fell in love, like I got my heart broken a lot, fell in love with cities and like the city didn't kind of betrayed me. I know I'm very sensitive, but like, I think that putting yourself out there and really, really just like being vulnerable, you get hurt, but at the same time you make such amazing, you make such amazing, amazing experiences. You fell in love with, I fell in love with Berlin. I fell in love with people. I fell in love with poetry, which was a sort of outlet for me. And I think you'll find it and you won't find, like you can't find those loves without really going for it. Mm. Very true. Very, very yeah. true. You need to be vulnerable in order to open up to actually let experiences and people in properly. And that's when you get the, the really good memories, really, don't you? Do you have tips? Um, I well, I definitely agree with like everything that you just said. Um, I think especially the one going out of your comfort zone, that's the one that I realized when I was in Spain. Um, as I said before, where I kind of locked myself into my room and didn't really go out there. Yeah. And after a week I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like I need to get my shit together. I need to start moving. Um, I think like one thing that helped me a lot is try to talk to people that have been in the country or city before you, if you get yeah, yeah. the, if you get the um, opportunity because it puts your mind at ease knowing a bit about what kind of things you need to do, especially in the first few weeks, because it is quite often, there's quite a lot of things that you need to organize, um, administrational stuff. And it's, you, you have much more fun exploring the city when you kind of know a bit at least what you need to do and how to get there. It takes out the stress and then you can actually focus on connections with people more. Yeah. Um, so I think that's very helpful. I think one thing that I also learned, and that's what I always did from the start with um, when I went to New Zealand for the first time, I tried to, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't pushing all the <laughs> internationals away, but I tried to stay away from the internationals for most part in the first yeah. few weeks because I really tried to connect to the culture and the people that lived in the country that I was visiting. And the first, so when I went to New Zealand, I was 16 years old and I went to high school there and there was a lot of German exchange students and I did not want to hang out, hang out with them much. Yeah. Um, Germans are kind of weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, but it was just that I really, I really, first of all, it was the first time that I lived in a country where I didn't speak my own language. I had to learn English properly. Obviously, I knew English from high school, but speaking it was a very different. Where is this? That was when I went to New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, but also just knowing that if I would stick to the other internationals, I wouldn't really be able to get to know uh, people. I think yeah. another thing is, though, and I think that's probably a bit different when you actually move to a country for your full studies. But one thing to keep in mind is that people tend to be sometimes a bit cautious about actually investing a lot into a friendship because they yeah. know that you're leaving again. Um, so I think keeping that in mind, but knowing that no matter what, be vulnerable and invest and try to make the best out of it because it doesn't matter if it's just half a year or a year, you can have an amazing time nevertheless. Knowing, getting to know people and saying goodbye is always weird and hard and can be painful, 
but I think it's definitely worth it. So I think that kind of goes along the line of you saying be vulnerable, open up to people as well. And um, but just yeah, have understand like try to be understanding towards other people that live there actually and do their full studies of you only go for a year or half a year or whatever. Um it's it's hard for them to stay and see people come and leave and invest in those friendships when they know that the people that actually live there as well are there for the next four, four or five, whatever, how many years, you know? So it makes, yeah. for them, it quite often makes more sense to invest in those friendships. But I think knowing that it's still worth it to try to really put yourself out there. And that's much easier when you, when you really invest, open up, be honest, and just do things that you, as you said, maybe at first a bit uncomfortable, try new things, just go along, you know? Don't do anything stupid, though. Just, yeah, you know. I miss in my relationship with you, even though you leave me all the time. That's a good example. But I always come back. <laughs> I always come back, yeah. man. <laughs> um, so you already talked a bit about your job as kind of like a, what did you call it? A student? Kind of like a student support kind support, of thing. Support, right. Yeah. So, and obviously you've been studying in America. Yeah. Um, so does that help you a lot in your job that you've actually lived there? Is it like, because you, you say it's kind of like an American campus almost in Berlin that you work at now. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did the, it's called like an RA, like a resident assistant. I did that in America as well. Mm -hmm. I was also a study abroad advisor. So right now my job kind of combines those two jobs mm -hmm. I've had in the States. So it's very kind of easy for me. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, I don't know, like, it's very, I live and work at the same place, which can be kind of complex, and mm -hmm. like you said, I have, there are cool kids that come to study abroad, like, there's one kid that I hang out with now who's pretty cool, but they all leave in four months, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's cool to, I love hanging out with people and partying and whatnot, and it's always fun to hang out with exchange students, because they're always, like, up to something every mm -hmm. weekend, as opposed to, you know, people that are in the city who actually live there, we don't party every weekend unless... You're one of those people, which is fine. Um, but what was I saying? Yeah, I mean the job's fun. Like I think it's a dream job. I think mm -hmm. the best. I think it's the best job a student can get. Um, I mean, you get paid yeah. to hang out, and that you don't pay rent, you get paid, and you get free trips sometimes. So Poland, Poland, that was free. But like, yeah, like my life gets sucked into it sometimes, mm. and um, and then they leave, and I'm like, well, and then you know, it's I don't Maybe think it's. Come. I don't think it's fair for my other friends for me to just like go back to them when so I try to kind of balance it out but mm. I really like my job and my room's nice so I mean it is a really really good situation living situation especially in Berlin it's so hard to find apartments that are cheap <laughs> well that just doesn't exist anymore so like finding an affordable place let's say it that way is super hard um so I mean it is kind of the dream job but yeah I get like the whole point about getting your life kind of sucked into that because obviously, as we mentioned just before now as well, is that 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 is the whole thing about about being an exchange student is that you want to make the best out of your time. So you obviously have a very vibrant life in that time yeah, normally. You do. you do. Um, so being kind of back in that situation, uh, it's maybe hard to or like easy to get carried away sometimes but um yeah. i think you're doing a good job 
Thank yeah, you. you know? Yeah, I think I've that's what I've been struggling with here because like I live here, you know, but I'm also like in Berlin. So I've been, I'm very much in my zone when I like study abroad or travel. I'm like always doing something, meeting people. I'm super like, I feel like I'm super charismatic. I'm outgoing, like and no regrets just going for it. But like here, I'm like, I'm living here. I'm not here less like visiting. So mm-hmm. that balance is very hard because I'm like, yeah, I want to do all these things and meet different people, but I also need my routine. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm working on right now because this whole time I feel like I've been on holiday because, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not really too focused on my studies compared to other people I'm more like I want to do poetry and meet people and go to concerts and like hang out with cool people and like that finding that balance is hard especially when I don't have like a core sort of home base I can return to in the city so bring us back to Dublin for a second you brought another you brought another um photo with you yes and I also got the feeling that the other song might be connected to Dublin as well yeah yeah so let's talk about the photo first and then the the song maybe describe the photo for a second um so that people that look on the Instagram know exactly which photo it is yeah um so it's it's a it's it's from O'Connell Street which is the main street that goes downtown Dublin and through to Trinity and past to like St. Stephen's Green and all that um which leads to the big millennium spire, which is in the middle of the city. And the shots like looking to the west side of the Liffey, which is the river that uh, runs through the, then there's a bunch of bridges, which is very Dublin look. And um, I was there, I think 2017, like August when I met you Mm -hmm. till December. And uh, I walked around a lot and uh, it was a very, pivotal time in my life because it was I was very depressed and it was very low and really I I'm always I was always sensitive but I was always like really like a happy-go-lucky kind of person and I never experienced this kind of sadness that I never thought I could experience like I was losing touch with my friends my parents were mad at me for reasons I didn't understand and friends I were there with I was falling out of and um I don't know the girl that I mentioned earlier like it wasn't it wasn't working out well sometimes and um I just really didn't have anything to lean on and I was young and I was I had a lot of physical ailments as well and the Irish weather didn't help um so I caught myself really alone walking around looking for I don't know what I was looking for. I was walking around and I took a picture. I took pictures a lot and um, it's kind of a bittersweet. So sort of every time I think of Dublin or look at that picture, it's just like the worst and the best time because from that experience, I really became stronger. And this person, like without that experience, I probably wouldn't have made it to Berlin. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have toughed it out to get here and really get what I want. Um, not that I support depression, but for me, it was a good thing that no one was there because I had to really pick myself up. And the song is Cheers, Darling by Damien Rice, who's, uh, Irish, uh, who's Irish. And, um, so like the girl I was hanging out with, she showed me the song, uh, because I guess we both tend to be depressive. It's a very uh, sad song about, he always performs it live while drinking wine and getting wine drunk. And he talks about being in Dublin and uh, talking to this beautiful girl in a bar and they go wine after wine after wine. And then the bell rings 
which means that the last, last bus is gone. And so back to the city, back, back downtown from Dublin, um, which means, you know, she's going to stay with him, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then it's about, and then he like, she like says, oh, like my boyfriend's coming to pick me up. And he's like, oh, heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. It's just a classic sort of story. It happens to me every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and then he, he talks about, he just grabs a napkin and he writes like, cheers, darling. Like, here's to you and you're a lover boy. And it was like, it's a beautiful song, which I, I try not to listen to anymore because it really makes me sad and kind of makes me miss the person that uh, showed me the song and also the sort of, you know, I don't want to indulge in self-pity and depression and all that, but it's, he's just, it's this, this you know, artistic sentiment to make this banal moment. It's, it's a beautiful song. It's cool to me and it just... Every time I hear the first note and like everything just comes rushing back to my mind. So both the picture and the song just have like, it's a big part of my heart. Bittersweet memories. Yeah. Um, it is a very beautiful song. I really like it a lot. It's a beautiful album, actually. In yeah. general. I don't know if you've ever listened to the whole thing, but it's, it's really, it's gorgeous. They say he stopped music making music for a while because his album put a lot of people in depression. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. So it was like, oh well, shit. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. If you're in a good place, it is very nice music to listen to. If you don't pay a lot of attention to everything he's actually singing about. Yeah. If you're in a depressive state, maybe don't choose to listen to that album all yeah. the way through. But it is really nice. Um, you've got one more photo with you, which yeah. um, is where exactly? It's in Tokyo. It's uh, um, it's like big. It's a big crossing full of neon lights, and uh, it's very famous. I don't know, like the cars drift through in Tokyo Drift, <laughs> whatever. It's like a big. It's called the Scramble Crossing, where a bunch of people like it all turns green. A bunch of people just like walk through it, and people are walking through it at like three a.m. on a Wednesday. And I, uh, it's like a half an hour walk from my house, which is amazing. And um, I, that's the place I feel at home. I feel mm -hmm. whenever I, I like, I, I remember I had my two suitcases and I was like huffing and puffing trying to get home. But like before I went home, I went there and took a picture. I always do. And I'm like, this is home, which is crazy to a lot of people because it's, it's like chaotic. It's neon lights and sounds and people like talking about Jesus somewhere and like there's a statue of a dog where people meet and people are partying and drinking and whatever and there's a police station there and everything's everywhere and it's a big hub of train stations like in this middle and there's a movie theater and shopping malls blah mm -hmm. blah blah but like that's where I can really like it's it's home mm -hmm. like whenever I'm just a I'm just pretty paranoid like I was like I don't want to do anything in a foreign country which puts me in trouble because I can't be like oh the law is going to protect me or I have my parents or like but there I can really like do whatever like I don't mm -hmm. care if you know whatever like people are looking at me like I don't it's just where I grew up and mm -hmm. it's like when I'm there at that specific like point looking past the crossing that's like what feels like home and um yeah nice. it's weird because it's not my house it's not like it's there mm. yeah well it gives you a feel of the city that you grew up in I suppose as well isn't it yeah. Um, nice. One thing that I want to touch upon, actually, that I just 
um, realize as well, I guess, is another tip because you've mentioned walking a lot. And I think one thing that I would encourage oh, yeah. everyone to do is when you move to another city or even if you just travel to another city, walk as much as you can or get a bike or whatever because you see the city in such a different light and also go at different times of the day you know like night walking is beautiful just make sure it's safe no. but um it's a beautiful thing to do because you get to see the the city in such a different way for example in berlin kudam uh super busy street full of tourists during mm -hmm. the day i hate it during the day i just really i hate it so much to go through that it's just too many people too yeah, busy too too many people to crowds crowds i hate crowds i don't i don't mind people i just hate crowds but at night it's so lovely to go it is. and walk along that that massive that massive street because you've got all these shops um which have beautiful like lights in the window and you have hardly any cars hardly any people and i've actually just done that yesterday evening which was gorgeous because it was super warm again and It was just, it's, it was. I don't know, it was like, it was 23 degrees yesterday, yeah. it was crazy. I went to the Festival of Lights, I Did went you? from like Museum nice. Island to Vandenburgator yeah. and like the Pergamon Museum, everything was lit up. Um, nice. Anyways, I don't know if, uh, so London has a great public transport system and it's in a huge city, uh, but when we went there together, we walked everywhere yeah. and I was dying <laughs> <laughs> because she'd wake me up at nine. <laughs> Which is, I was up since seven. Yeah, and she'll be like, hey, I did yoga, I wrote my journal, I talked to some people, I made breakfast, I studied, what are you doing? And I'm like, I am not awake. <laughs> and she'll be like, let's walk two hours to this thing. And uh, most of the time I was dying. But um, I was still nice though. She lives her truth. <laughs> <laughs> You did love it though. It you was. did love the time. It, well, it was it your was birthday amazing. too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was a birthday girl for the week. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think we're gonna end on this positive note okay, cool. <laughs> of us cracking up. Uh thank you so much for thank being you. here. Uh, for sharing all of this, for opening up, for being vulnerable, being happy, being whatever you were, whatever uh, yeah. you wanted to be. Beautiful, I think, is the word. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful or gorgeous, whatever you want to pick. It's all true. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back soon. Thank you everyone for listening today. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Make sure to give me a like and follow me on Instagram under travelbug.trvlpodcast to see all the photos and all the songs that we've talked about today. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon.